Before I get to that, I want to talk to you about the review session that Kyle has been doing each day, each week at the beginning. So if you recall, he's taught us that at Grace Community Church, we walk in, what was it? What? At Grace Community Church, we walk in grace. You guys can yell at me if you want. That would be okay. Um, and, and then we walk, we also walk in what? It's right in the name community, thank you, and then, um, shoot, now I just forgot the next part, we, (laughs) the last word in our name is church, and so we are the church, and we carry the keys, do you remember what the keys are, keys to the kingdom, what are the keys, they're perfect love and truth, okay, and those keys unlock the gates of hell. And actually, we'll talk a little bit later today about how they release people from bondage, okay? Because um, our friends and neighbors actually who don't know Christ are in bondage, and we have those keys to help release them from that. And so, um, again, that's perfect love and truth, okay? And so I want to encourage you to be digging in and learning more about those things. If you miss any of those and you're like, hmm, that sounds interesting. What's this perfect love thing? Okay. Um, I would encourage you to go back and listen to um, some of the, some of the um, previous messages about that. Today, I want to talk about how love gives. And so the church sometimes has a bad name when we start talking about giving people like, oh, great, the pastor is going to ask us for some money. Okay. Nope. And if you go to the to the internet and look up something about yesterday I did a search just looking for one thing I was looking for a specific verse and I in my search it said bible verse and said something about giving and there was all these things about money and today I don't want to talk to you about money okay and so because love gives and giving money is some of that but that's not at all what's primary okay and I want to just actually say and we've said this before at this church people are extremely giving when it comes to our finances um, and I think actually people are also very giving when it comes to our time and resources and things like that um, and so I want to say thank you for that and I want to challenge you in that a little bit more today okay and so um, Um, I'm using the slide to sort of guide me. So as I was looking at love, what am I going to say about love? The thing that really sort of struck me was in um, Romans chapter 12, verse 9. The very first line in there says, love must be sincere. And as I read that, I kind of look and go, whoa, so that sounds, sounds right. Love must be sincere. And so what does that mean? And just, uh, this is going to struggle, challenge me the entire time today, okay? Because it's falling off my ear since before I got up here. Um, and it's either fall off my ear or right in my mouth. <laughs> okay, love must be sincere. And then the verse goes on to say, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. In the um, New King James, it says, love must not be hypocritical, okay? And so if you look at that like that, the, the basis of this message today is love must be sincere. But if that verse actually has a, and that actually that passage has a whole bunch of points, like really simple things, truths we should be looking at in how we live. And today I want to just talk about love must be sincere. But I, before I move on, I want to just say the next part of the verse says hate what is evil. 
And as I was thinking about that, I was thinking, Jeff, what do you hate? And I was like, I actually am not sure. If, you, if I asked you, what do you hate? Traveling. You hate what? Tra- traveling? The devil, okay. Uh, sorry, I hate traveling, so um, I, I wish my whole family lived right in this county. That would be amazing, okay? But uh, yes, we, so we hate, we, and, and Ricky points to it, we hate, we should be hating evil, but the truth is, is I think a lot of times maybe hate's not the word we would use for our interactions with evil, okay? And so I want to challenge you, just think about that, think about what you hate, and then I really want to actually encourage you to run from evil because of how much you hate it and how much you don't want that to affect you, okay? Now, love must be sincere. So what do we mean by love must be sincere? John 15, 13 up there, I put, I summarize this, love willingly sacrifices. If you know John 15, 13, it says, um, oh, no way, is that really happening? Like, I don't have it written down, and I'm not going to look it up. It says, greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life, or that one lay down one's life for their friends. Okay, greater love is no one than they, they lay down their life. And so if you think about that, it's like, I was a public school teacher for a really long time, and I was like, if there were, and we do all these things with, <clears throat> what if there were a shooter in the building or something like that? I was a guy who was like, I'm going to do whatever I can to protect kids, okay? That's my job. And so I sometimes look at this verse, greater love has no one than this that he lay down his life for his friends is like a give up my life to protect somebody else, okay? Taking a bullet, some people might say, okay? That's actually, I think, easier than, than giving up one's life, okay? So taking a bullet for somebody, something like it sounds extremely noble, like I would go and do this and I would like give up my personal existence if someone else could be protected. But I think in this verse, it's actually about giving up my comforts, giving up this my, the, my own personal desire so that someone else can have... Um, to benefit someone else, okay? And so when I look at that one, my initial thought is about uh, personal, like giving up your life, like I just said, let's say taking a bullet, okay? And I think it's actually a lot harder than that, okay? And so um, the next verse, John 3.16, can anyone recite that? Yeah. Can everyone recite it? I would say probably, okay? For God so loved the world that he gave. And I'm just going to stop right there. He so loved that he gave. And so the title today is Love Gives, okay? God so much loved the world. He loved his creation. He wanted to be with people throughout eternity. He gave up his, his son that whoever believes in him, we know, should not, shall not perish, but have ever, eternal, everlasting life, okay? So God loved so much that he gave, okay? He sacrificed, and so then in Ephesians 5.25, this is, a, this is a passage that is usually kind of, or looked at in relation, or in connection with marriage, okay? And it says, husbands ought to love their wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So I want to today just stress the gate love gives. Christ gave himself up for his church. 
Um, he, um, yeah, okay. And so the, the stressor here is about love giving, and we're supposed to follow those examples, okay? And now, um, <clears throat> I want to look at a little bit of tough love. Before I get into my, this, these verses up here about tough love, um, I wonder, do you think Jesus loved the Pharisees? Um, I think, because I got thinking about that, and I was like, uh, boy, it sure didn't feel like it, okay, in some of the things that he might have said to them, but the truth is, is Jesus loved the Pharisees, even the Pharisees who were like, seemed like they were working against him, seemed like he was always calling them out on what they were doing. He loved them, and I know that because the Bible said he wants no one to perish, okay, and, and so the Pharisees, I, and so then, anyway, connected to that, I kind of wonder, you know, if Jesus came here and he were talking to us, what would he say? Would he talk to me like I was a Pharisee, like, Jeff, what are you doing? You're always like, you know, I, I don't, so I wonder. Anyway, um, so anyway, let's look at those verses. Matthew 25, 31 to 46. And again, all in this context of love gives, 25, 31. And I'm not going to read the entire thing. Uh, what I want to do is just let you know kind of the situation. In verse 31, it says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne. So the end of time when Christ returns, okay, that is happening. It's going to happen, Christ's return. And when that happens, judgment will happen. All the nations will be separate or will be gathered before him and, be set, and he will separate the people one from another, just like a shepherd might separate sheep from goats. And so, Jesus is going to bring everybody to him, and he's going to say, okay, goats go on the left, sheep go on the right, okay? This is people, okay? And how does he decide who goes where? Who gives, okay? And so, if I read this, and if I continue down, he says, the sheep go on my right, the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, and take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. So judgment comes. Everybody in all of creation stands before Christ, and he puts some on his right, some on his left. He says, Come and take your inheritance that was prepared for you before the creation of the world. Isn't that exciting? Like, would you like to have God say that to you? Yes. Yes, you would. Okay. I'll answer that for you. Okay. Come and take this inheritance. And so he says, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And so, and then the, the sheep will say, well, what? I don't remember doing that. And, he, and so the righteous will answer. I'm, I guess I am going to end up reading it. The righteous answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry? When did we feed you? When, when did we see you thirsty and give you something to drink? And so they're asking, what? That was you? Imagine just saying that. Well, what? That was you? I was just doing that because I cared about that person. Okay? And so, so anyway, and then the next side is the goats. Okay, and he says to those, that he says, depart from me, you who are cursed into eternal fire. 
okay? And I know I recognize this is a bit harsh, but this is what will happen, okay? This is not coming from Jeff. This is coming from the Word of God, okay? He will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger. You did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. And they also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and didn't help you? And he, reply, he will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. And then they go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. And so consider this, the sheep are saying, what, that was you? And the goats are saying, I didn't even see you, okay? I didn't even notice the need, okay? Over here, we see people dealing with the need, recognizing the need, giving love because there's a need, and seeing people the way, I think, seeing people the way God sees people. And over here, this is where I fall often, okay? I'm on the side of the people who are like, uh, there's needs everywhere, and I don't know what to do about them, and so I just go about my busy life and don't even notice them, okay? And so I um, personally have to begin to be seeking and saying, God, where are the needs around me? What is it that you want me to be doing in this day today? And that that might affect my actions, okay? And then I want to look at James um, I put bookmarkers in here, and then I didn't even use them. Sorry. Did that come up through the microphone? <laughs> uh, um, sorry. James 1, and then, so this one, my dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should, should be 19 through 27. Yeah. Um, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, for a man's anger does not bring about righteous life that God's desire, that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. And now here's the part that I really want to stress. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away <clears throat> and Im immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. Anyone who considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself, and his religion is worthless. Religion that our Father accepts as pure and faultless as this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So remember, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. And so in this one, I just want to say, I, for years as a believer, was like, who looks in the mirror and forgets what they look like? Because we have mirrors everywhere, for one thing, in this day, okay? I can go in the bathroom and look at my hair, okay? I can go, I, who, hey, imagine going and looking at a mirror and going, Jeff, you're a mess today. Like, I just like, in the morning, okay? You're a mess. And then I just walk away and do absolutely nothing about it. If we read the Bible and find out, man, I'm a mess, 
I'm not doing the things God's asking me to do, and then I just go on and, like, don't even think about that. It's like looking at a mirror, and you have bed head, and you have, like, you know, lines on your face from your pillow or whatever, and you're, and you're a mess, and then you don't even do anything about it. You just carry on and act as though, I mean, and I don't care if you brush your hair or whatever. It's fine. I'm not telling you to brush your hair. I'm telling you when you're looking in the mirror of the Word of God, make sure you're considering how is this change, what is God asking me to change, okay? Um, And so uh, that's why I wanted to talk about that one mostly. Um, But then at the, towards the end of that passage, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is to look after orphans and widows in their distress. And so how do we love, how do we give look after where are the needs and this is a primary place where there will be needs is with orphans and with widows and so this is a focus here love that gives because of recognizing a need okay and then i want to talk to you about um this one's tough okay isaiah 58 um i call it tough love because it really like stepped on my toes okay um, and so the prophet Isaiah, in my Bible, actually, this entire chapter is underlined. And underlined text means that this is, someone has determined this is God speaking, okay, through Isaiah. Um, and so I'm actually going to read the whole thing. Um, sorry about that, but um, I, I'm not sorry, okay? Um, Shout it aloud. Do not hold back. So God talking to to Isaiah, shout it aloud, do not hold back, raise your voice like a trumpet, declare to my people their rebellion and to the house of Jacob their sins. So he's saying, Isaiah, tell the people what they're doing wrong, okay? For day after day they seek me out. They seem, this I thought was interesting, they seem eager to know my ways as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of God. They ask me for just, excuse me, just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fasting I have chosen? Only a day for a man to humble himself? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? I'm going to pause for a second. So God is saying the way you guys are trying to get my attention is not what I want from you. Okay? They're like looking like they're humble. So they sit in the, in the old days, for whatever reason, they sit in ashes and sackcloth. And so they're in this place of brokenness, like humbly come before God. And they're fasting. So I'm picturing people going throughout the day, not eating. And I, I suspect these people were letting people know they were fasting because it said it ends in quarreling. I think these days we call that being hangry, like we're hungry and we get grumpy, okay? And so they end up in fights because they haven't eaten all day and they've been seeking God, okay? 
but um, this is not what God was asking for. Uh, it's not what he wanted. He didn't just want them to go through these motions, okay? And so, <clears throat> verse 6 says, is, is not the kind of, um, sorry, is not the kind of fasting I have chosen, and here, here it comes, love that gives, to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. I'm going to pause for a second. First of all, mentions injustice. Have you heard about injustice in the news? Have you heard about people being oppressed, maybe in cultural discussions? Okay. Oppression is not a modern American problem. Okay. And so when people say there's oppression built into the system, systemic oppression, I'll say, okay? People are accusing the United States of that, okay? Maybe it's built into the system. The truth is, is oppression is a human issue, okay? Because we're sinful, we're selfish, and we always are trying to kind of get the upper hand, okay? It didn't start uh, you know, at the beginning of the foundation of the United States, this is a problem that has gone on throughout all of time, okay? And so, um, so God's saying, loose the chains of injustice, untie the cords of the yoke, set the oppressed free, and break every yoke. Verse 7, is it not to share your food with the hungry and provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe him? and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. And so God is saying, do you see somebody who needs help? A wanderer? Anyone in your life need direction? Okay, so we don't often these days see people just walking down the road, you know, trying to get somewhere. Okay, we don't see like hitchhiking a ton. And so picture other kind of wandering. Who in your life is wandering and walking around lost? Okay, who in your, in your life is, is tied to a yoke? It says to break every yoke back in verse 6. Sorry, they're like tied up in chains and they cannot get free because they, they're missing the things that we have, those keys that we talked about, truth and perfect love. Okay, and so my challenge to the church is be looking for people in your life it might not just be a stranger. I think sometimes we think, oh, I need to witness to strangers when I'm in the store and things like that. Yeah, that's fine. But in your life, in your personal life, there are people who you know, who you work with, who you live with, who are tied, oppressed spiritually, okay? They are bound to sin, and God wants them to be free, okay? And you have the keys to that, okay? It's not the pastor. The pastor can come and meet the people in your life, and that's fine, but the pastor actually is trying to encourage you to be part of that, okay? Um, and so, um, okay, next part, uh, verse 8. <clears throat> so, so, sorry, if you do th- so if you do these things in verse 6 and 7, loose the chains of injustice, provide for the wanderer, provide with shelter. Then, I'm in verse 8 now, your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. 
then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. God will surround you with protection. He, your prayers, I think he's saying here, your healing will quickly appear because previously there was a, why haven't we, I think it was there, why haven't we been healed? God, why aren't you hearing our prayers? Because you're not doing the things I'm asking you to do, okay? Um, and then verse nine, then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here I am. Or excuse me, it says, here am I. When you call to God, when you're doing the things he, that he's asked you to do, he's like, yeah, what is it? He's ready to answer your call, ready to answer and to hear your prayer, okay? If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you, listen to this one, if you spend yourself, if you spend yourself on behalf of the hungry, and satisfy the needs of the oppressed. Actually, if you guys hear nothing else today, consider spend yourself. If you spend yourself on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Um, I just wrote in my Bible right next to those, you will flourish, you will have abundance, okay? It says that. It's not just like you'll just get by, okay? If you give what you have to spend yourself on behalf of the hungry, the Lord will guide you. He'll satisfy your needs. He'll strengthen you. Um, I'll tell you, I'm 46 years old, and often I feel like, man, Jeff, I don't know what it's going to be like when I get to be 80. If I live to 80, like I feel like right now, like, wow, that's going to be tough. No, you know what? He says, he will, I will strengthen your frame, okay? Does that mean that I'm going to, like, I think of Caleb in the, in the Old Testament. He was vigorous at 80, just as vigorous at 80 as he was at 40. That's how I want to be, Okay. But right now, I don't feel like that's, at 46, I don't know if I'm as vigorous as I was at 40, okay? Um, anyway, uh, side note. But anyways, God's saying, you will flourish, you will have abundance, I will take care of you, not just like meagerly, but you'll have abundance. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins, you will raise up the age-old foundations, you will be called repairer of broken walls. How'd you like that to be your name? God looks at you and he says, hey, repairer of broken walls, because you're a person who's going out there bra- fixing things that are broken, okay? Or if he calls you, uh, sorry, the next part, or you will be called repairer of broken walls, and there's a comma, restorer of streets with dwellings, someone who is restoring what has been broken, okay? How'd you like to have God look at you like that? If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's day honor or the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not doing not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. 
I would encourage folks to look at Isaiah 58 and spend some time thinking about what there are rich promises there, but there's also quite a challenge, okay, to be considering. And so my challenge, and I maybe there are several challenges, is to be looking for what are the needs around you, okay? Who are the people who God is saying, hey, I placed you here for that person. I put you in this situation. I put you in this classroom. Students, you guys can be light in your school, okay? I put you in this job so that you can affect these people for my, in my, for my glory, okay? And so you've got the keys, okay? Truth the truth is that you could tell people, God is real. He created you. He has a purpose for you. A lot of people go through life not realizing that they have a purpose. God made you for a specific reason, okay? And so, um, oh, that was the part I was going to review in community. I was the one who taught about community, and I was supposed to say, remember what I said that day, your people need you, and you need your people, Okay, and so that was the community part. And so, um, anyway, now um, I have uh, one other thing. Oh, I just was, sorry. First John. Okay, so John three sixteen. Okay, everyone recite. Or you guys said, yeah, we can recite that. Some people recite it in the King James, which is how they learned it when they were young. Some people will recite it in the NIV. Whatever. God so loved that he gave. Another verse that I would encourage you to memorize, 1 John 3, 16. So not John 3, 16, but 1 John 3, 16 says, for, um, is that the one I wanted? Yes, I'm sure that it was. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, 1 John 3, 16 through 18 I'm going to start with 15. I think I did something wrong, but I'm going to read this. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sin... Oh, I'm not in three. I'm in one. That's the problem. Three is one co- literally one column over. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you for being so patient with me. You guys are great. <laughs> um, John 3, 16. 1 John 3.16, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. How do you know what love is? Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Does that mean my physical brothers? No. Okay. Jesus said, actually said, love your enemies. He told Peter at the end of, after Jesus was resurrected, he said, feed my sheep. It's the people who he cares about, okay? Um, so we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue but with actions and in truth. And I'm going to stop at verse 18, but you could definitely memorize, you know, a huge passage there, okay? Um, <clears throat> let us not love with words or t- in tongue, but with actions and in truth. 
um, this weekend, I was able to interact a little bit with a guy from Ukraine, and he just kind of discussed, he was ta- just talking, and he said, in Ukraine, there's a religion and there's believer, okay? And he said, religion, words. That's kind of how he said it. Religion is words, like that, okay? Believer is action, is life. Change, life has changed, okay? And so, um, and he told a story which was remarkable, of story that how this man's life was changed by one person doing one simple act of obedience, which was giving him a little bit of money. And he had never known anybody to just like give somebody money just to help him. And he was in a place where he needed some help for something. It wasn't actually, it wasn't even his need. It was a need in his family. And that changed his life. Just that, and that one person was like, didn't you just kind of reluctantly like, God, really? You're asking me to do this? And did it. And that guy's life was changed. And now that guy is changing lives because of his interaction in his community. Okay? And so, um, love gives. And now, Christ gave his life for us. We have communion set up today. Okay? Because what I want us to do is I want us to take communion. We're going to do it a little differently than how we've done it before, which I'll explain in a minute. But I want to just mention communion. I don't want communion to become something that we just occasionally do. Okay, I don't want it to be something that's a routine that we do. We don't really think much about it. Today, when we consider love gives, Christ gave himself up for the church. He gave up heaven. He was beaten. Sorry, I found this the other day in the church. He was beaten, okay? This is a decoration, um, but this, this, and this thing, I bet if I hit you with it, it really probably wouldn't hurt that much, but I bet I could make it hurt, right? Would anyone want to be hit with this? Eh, some people are like, I'd try, I try it, okay? Um, but a bunch of times, okay? Or imagine there being like pieces of glass tied into this, okay? He took that because he saw you and because he loved you, okay? Christ's body was broken, not because it, not because, because he wanted it to be for your sake, okay? And so I don't, I don't want to become dramatic, but I want you to, I really, really want to encourage people consider communion today with an amount of rev with with much reverence okay don't just come up and get some bread and juice i want you to come up going christ gave up his entire life he he was a resident of heaven he came down to this nasty disgusting place so that he could give up his life for this nasty disgusting creation that he loved he wanted us to come to be with him, and he made it happen by giving up his, um, himself for us, okay? And so, um, 1 Corinthians 11 talks a little bit about conducting the Lord's Supper, and so I want to just give a couple of things. <clears throat> um, I'm going to actually just read. In the following directives, I have no... Pr- oh, no, sorry, I'm not going to read that part. When you come together... Is it not the Lord's Supper you eat for as you eat? <clears throat> no, I'm really sorry. I didn't write down specifically which verses I wanted to read right there. Um, yeah. 
here's, I want to, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 28. A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. And that is why many among you are sick, are weak, <clears throat> weak and sick. And a number of you have fallen, fallen asleep. If you take communion and you don't believe in Christ, <clears throat> you bring judgment on yourself is what that says. Okay, And so I would encourage you, nobody's taking an evaluation of who's coming up to take communion. I, don't, I, I want you to just be removed from that right there. And if somebody doesn't take communion, um, don't just go, oh, that person must not be a believer. We need to start to witness to them. Not that at all. Okay, What I want you to do is I want you to um, recognize some people. I might be in a spot today where I'm like, you know what? I don't feel right doing that because I have this thing. I need to go and make something right with another person, okay? Um, because it does say that somewhere. Um, it's right there somewhere. But it says if you have something against your brother or you have done something, then go and seek them out before you take communion, okay? And so anyways, I'm saying to you, I want you to come and I want you to do this with a, with a matter of reverence, okay? Um, I want parents to encourage their children to understand what this means, not just that it's something that we do occasionally. And so there'll be some teaching that probably has to go on, you know, at home. I'm not going to ask you to deal with that exactly today, but I just want to encourage folks to do this with reverence, okay? And so um, I'm pretty sure, oh, look at me. Okay, sorry, don't look at me. The blank, the blank side was the part where we paused so I can start to talk about communion. We are going to do communion differently than we've done it before. And we're going to do this together, okay? And so it's, at least it's been a really long time since we all have taken it back to our seat. And we're going to say these words. Because I'll tell you, personally for me, sometimes when we say we're going to do communion as a pastor, as a leader in the church, I go... I feel funny about my role in that because if I stand up here and hold the basket of bread, I kind of feel like I'm in the way, okay? And so I do actually prefer if I don't have to stand there and hold it. One time I did it with Fred, and he, to every single person, said Christ's body, or Christ, I think he had the juice, he said, this is the blood of Christ poured out for you. He said those words to every single person, and I kind of stood here like with my goofy smile, like giving him the bread. And what Fred did was to me like moving, like Christ's blood poured out for you. And so as we take it today, I'm going to ask you to say these words. Um, and we're going to take the bread and then we're going to take the, the juice. And there's another slide about what we'll say when we take the juice. Okay. And so... Um, Everybody just, or whoever, whoever wants to participate in communion, I would like you just to, we'll just take, it'll only take five minutes, probably come up and grab a juice and a um, bread and bring it back to your seat and wait, okay? We'll pretend there's music on, so just hum or something like that. I didn't give the sound people any heads up about this. Thanks, David. <laughs> he turned on the sound.
Um, okay, and so, oh, oh no, <clears throat> it's hard for this. It's, I'm really sorry. <clears throat> That's because I was walking so fast, it wasn't my breathing. Okay. Um, I'm going to pray, okay? Would you guys stand? Lord Jesus, I feel like sometimes my things get in the way, and I don't want to be in the way. Today, uh, we receive communion um, because of what you've done for us. Lord, we recognize your sacrifice. We recognize your body was broken broken, unrecognizable, that it was, you were, you were mistreated so badly, you were beaten with a whip so much worse, certainly, than that thing that we have over there. Lord, we just um, today want to recognize what you've done for us. Help me not to get in the way, God. Help our attention to be set just on you. And Lord, we thank you for your, for your sacrifice. We thank you that you gave up the splendor of heaven. And not only that, but as a man, that you allowed them. You saw Jeff. You saw all the people in this room, all the people who listen online. You saw us. <clears throat> and you said, you know what? They can, they can beat me. They can break me. They can tear apart my body. They can rip apart my flesh. But I see... You saw us, God, and so, Lord, we just ask that you would help us to take this um, bread and take this juice in a way that is um, reflective of our appreciation, our recognition of what you've done for us, and, and I pray in Christ's name, amen. So as we take this, this is Christ's body. I want you to say this in just a second. Christ's body broken, ripped apart, beaten, broken bones, torn skin, pulled hair, Christ's body broken for my sin. Go ahead. Body broken for my sin. In the next part, his blood poured out. His blood was poured, like, it poured sounds so neat, okay? There was nothing neat about that. His blood spilled all over the ground, okay? His, Christ's blood, so folks with me, Christ's blood poured out for my sin. <clears throat> <clears throat> Um, and so, as we wrap up today, I want to encourage you to be a person who loves by giving. I want to be you to be. I want to encourage you to consider sacrifice. Consider spending yourself on behalf of the hungry. Okay. Consider even what that means. And if you're like, you know what? I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. I believe in all this stuff. But I don't love people like that. Like I don't. I I look at needs. I see needs, and I don't know how to. I don't know how to do it. I want to encourage you. Keep keep on seeking God, because I think He's going to give you a heart for people when you seek Him. Okay, and and I want to remind you 
First of all, if you never in your life have come to Christ and said, you know what, Lord, I need your forgiveness. I recognize what you've done for me. I would encourage you to come up in the front and tell that to somebody and they'll pray with you. The folks in the front are very encouraging and I want to encourage people to use that resource, okay? And then the other thing is, the first song that we sang today, the words weren't on the screen yet and we didn't get to sing them. And sometimes... Or I think it's important that we sing that again. And so we're going to do two closing songs today. Um, And if the words don't end up on the screen, it's in the hymnal on page two. Okay? And um, so worship team, come on forward. Prayer is available at the sides. And I want to thank you um, today. You know what, everyone, we can put all that stuff back later, so let's go ahead and just focus here, and then we can put away the, thank you guys for being so willing to take care of stuff, we'll, we can wrap it up, wrap up with that, I didn't think.